Welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast, featuring dynamic conversations with emerging and established visionary men on purpose. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the men on purpose who are committed, creative, courageous change makers, living their best, most fulfilling life possible. Now, here's the host of Men on Purpose, Ian Lobos. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Men on Purpose podcast. Well, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast, and let me give you our commitment. Our commitment here is to educate, elevate, empower, enrich, and evolve your life and the info we give you in the most meaningful and purposeful way possible. That's the commitment. So today's episode is another one with my dad, and if you're a regular listener to the show, thank you, first and foremost, and you'll know that every single month, I've got my dad on. You know, I, I, I love having him on because I want him to impart his wisdom and knowledge that he's gained from his successes and his failures as a dad, as a husband, and, and over 45 years in business. That's a lot, you know, and we want to share that. You know, the other reason why I want him on, so that all the things that he's learned, they don't, they don't end with him. So that you and me and my wife and my children and their children and your children can learn from other people's mistakes successes and failures. So we don't have to have them make the same mistakes that we made. It's always their choice, of course, but hopefully we can help in some way. So listen, today's episode, super exciting. Listen, they're all exciting for me because I feel really grateful and honored to be having these conversations with my dad, you know, sitting right across the desk from me. It shows the type of relationship that we've, we've built and, and frankly, the bond that we have and the commitment that we share to, uh, to share our experiences and, and be that in an authentic and vulnerable and, and open way with the world. And, and it takes a certain type of person to be able to talk about some of the deep level failures, which, which we're going to be getting into. And this episode, it's, it's jam-packed, jam-packed with great info. So much so that if you're watching the YouTube video, you're going to actually see me take notes the entire time. That's not my production notes. That's me taking notes from listening to him. So look, we can always learn from people especially our, our parents, if, if, and this is a big if, if they're committed to constant growth and development, which my dad is, you know, really it was my, that was my foundation to my own personal development, you know, watching him succeed and fail and move through it to the other side after learning from it, hugely beneficial to me. And ironically, my dad and I are on the same parallel growth path, just 30 years apart. So listen, before we get into the episode, I want to give you a little bit about what we talk about because it's a lot. Um, here, I'm going to run through this list. Ready? Mindset of abundance, mindset of curiosity, honoring your commitments to yourself, dropping the ego. We talk a lot of bit about the stuff in business and the stuff when he was first starting out in business, but then we switch and shift to parenting advice, raising kids. Um, one of my dad's my, my favorite quotes from my dad is be smart about being stupid, son. <laughs> I absolutely love that one. We talk about how reactions can change your kid's view of you. And uh, we talk about intentional parenting. We talk about one of my favorite topics, being versus doing. We talk about levels of oversight and guidance, how to let kids learn on their own. Tons and tons more. It's a long episode, and I know you're going to love it as much as I do. So before we get started, thank you, thank you, thank you for always subscribing, downloading, and listening, and rating this podcast. And if you haven't given us a review or subscribed yet, take a second and go do that now. I would really appreciate it. And it helps us course correct to make sure we're bringing you the absolute best. You want to know what else I love? I love all of you who reach out 
to me after each episode and share with me what you, what you took away and what you realized and what you learned from it. And honestly, I love when you share what you didn't love or what got under your skin. You know why? Because that's a sign of where the magic needs to happen for both of us. It helps me know if I'm on course or not, and it helps you know what you need to start or continue working on. And it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. So both of us are growing constantly from each one of these episodes. So I love getting feedback on how we can, we can constantly uh, elevate and evolve the content we bring you. Just, I just want it to be the most purposeful possible. And if you haven't checked out our website, we are adding a ton of new stuff. I never thought I'd be excited about adding stuff to the website. But you know what? In the last like couple months, I'm very excited about the stuff that we're adding to the website. Super great, fun resources on there for your own growth and development. Um, and remember, people who are on purpose, they take action. So if anything in this episode resonates with you, if it makes you cry, if it pisses you off, or look, if it just gives you a different feeling, you want to know more about it, listen to your body and your mind. Take action like so many people do each week. Hit that website, go to ianlobos.com, click that apply button, and jump on a free intro call with me. We'll talk about you, your life. And look, I've got, I've got, I've got incredible proven methods for helping people break through and creating the life of their dreams. It's not an infomercial. It's just what I'm passionate about. I'm, I'm, I've dialed in. I found my mission. I found my purpose on this planet. I found my passion, which is, which is our coaching business, our coaching businesses and this podcast. And that's what I love. And I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to talk to you about what your challenges are and your struggles are and the things that you're dealing with and how I can help you move through those and create the life that you want. So the commitment I make to you is that every single time we talk, every single time you listen to this podcast, you're going to learn something and you're going to have an action item that will move your life forward as you choose, right? Your choice. So look, anything I can do to help, I'm here. I look forward to talking with more of you. Without further ado, here's the episode. Enjoy. So where we left off was the the shipping company job where you thought you were going to have a desk job and you actually were the courier and the mailroom guy. And that was it. And now we're on to bigger and better things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're ready. Yeah, go. All right. <laughs> well, Ian, thanks for inviting me back again. Obviously, You're welcome. Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, here we go. Let's jump right in. So where you were was, what was the company called? It was uh, R.G. Hobelman. R.G. Hobelman. So for those of you that didn't listen last time, go back and listen to episode, the, the second episode from, I think it was the beginning of December or the end of November. And you'll get the story up till now. And then what we're going to do is now it's going to get juicy because now you're really, you're really figuring out that you have more possibility than you thought you did and that you weren't going to be a Bob's Big Boy line cook forever, which there's nothing wrong with that if that's your thing, but that wasn't your thing. You want it bigger and better. So the, the girlfriend's mom got you a job at this company and now you're a mailroom guy slash courier and running the, you, you use some words that I don't even know, the telex machine. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, of course, we didn't have fax machines back then. Right. <laughs> we didn't have computers. Right. So uh, when you had to duplicate things, we ran the ditto machine. Was it hand crank? No, we, we had a, a higher version of Selectric. <laughs> a power version. 
Yeah. Well, what was that like for you and your, in, I, you didn't have an ego necessarily, but you, you had what a lot of people, a lot of people have this understanding that they should be a lot higher level than they are. But like, how did you deal with the, the fact that you knew that you weren't meant to do this? Because you had kind of gone through that process at Bob's Big Boy thinking, I can make this a career. And then once you realized that it w- wasn't what you wanted, your mindset grew, elevated. And now you're a mailroom guy and a courier running a ditto machine. How did you, your ego deal with the fact that now you're a low guy on the totem pole? I got a resentment. Yeah. Yeah, I got a resentment. I was like, uh, you know, like, I, I, I can't believe it. You know, <laughs> I'm this guy. I'm, I'm this guy. I'm coming in here and I'm all, you know, I'm all jacked up. And, and then this guy's telling me, you know, go take those documents around and steamship lines. That's what your job is. Um, but I think I held that resentment for maybe a, a month or so. But what was interesting is at the time, I probably didn't realize it, but I started looking around and seeing what people were doing. And, um, you mean like the other people in the office, other people in the yeah. office. Yeah. Like, you know, they're on the phone, they're, they're kind of cutting deals. I like that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you just, you became more aware of your environment. Well, like you did I at did. Bob's big boy. I Same did. Thing. I did. And then I, uh, I kind of turned that resentment around and I said, Oh, you know what, maybe I can make something of this. I kind of like this. And since I, ever since I was a little kid, I, I liked the, the trucking business and shipping and how things got to from point A to point B. And I, care, I guess I carried the Bob's big boy unloading the truck and counting in the things. Yeah. <laughs> I carried that with me. But then looking at what these guys were doing, was another step. Yeah. It was a higher level of, of shipping. It's all an evolution though. Most people look at, like we were talking about today. It is. Before we got rolling, I said, you know, there's a lot of people that'll say, man, you're, you're pumping out a lot of great episodes and I'm loving it. How, you know, how do you get to that point? Well, I got to that point by literally asking somebody if I could help them co-host and then step, 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 step. There's, there's a hundred steps in between that and having a successful podcast like we do today. There's a lot of steps in between and you just have to own every step and know that, you know, one of my mentors, great mentor of mine said, the elevator to success is broken all the time. It's never getting fixed and you have to take one step at a time. That's the only way you cannot, you cannot use the elevator. It just won't work. And you can wait for it to be fixed and you can believe that somebody's coming, but they're not. And that's the, that's the victim mindset where you think there's a savior coming to, to get you. That's correct. But again, my mentality was once I got over that resentment, how can you do this to me kind of thing? Yeah. You know, I've got a, I've got college education and here I am. Oh, the documents. Resi- oh, right, right, right. I forgot about that. That was my, that's where my resentment came from. Yeah. You know, that you're putting me in, in this position where in, in my eyes, I was overqualified. Right. But then I started looking around like I did same kind of thing, you know, like I did at Bob's Big Boy. I started looking around and seeing people doing different things on the telephone, you know, the, the reps coming in, talking. I, I was really intrigued with that. So then I began to think, how can I, how can I be that? What's it going to take for me to get to where they are? 
Right. How can I do that? So I go back to the old trick at the Bob Big Boy. I would watch people and they would get busy or overwhelmed. And I would go over and say, hey, can I help you out? Yeah. And that was my way of seeing what they were doing and how they were doing it. Like, so you're learning, learning on the job, but not really as a job. You were right. just curious. So I, right. I, I was thinking of the title of this episode and I'm like, as you keep saying, the, the word curiosity keeps popping in my mind because that's something that you taught me. I'm very curious when it comes to a lot of things. I want to know how they work. I want to know how they run. I want to know why. And that's why like podcasts work so well, because I want to know more about what's going on in everybody's head. Right. So you were right. super curious about how right. all these different things worked. But that yes. was almost like a, not a front, but it was a way for you to figure out and dial in, be curious about things. Well, I, I saw it as uh, not taking advantage of anybody, but giving, again, like Boz Big Boy, helping someone that needed help. Right. And in return, they were giving me something. Right. So, it's reciprocal. Yeah. So yep. it was, you know, win-win, I thought at the time. Uh, for both of us. Right. So I got to the point where somebody would get busy. And if I wasn't busy, they would actually come over to me and go, Hey, can you help me out? Can yeah. you, you know, can you write, uh, make these files up or take some copies for me or do this or do that. In the, in the meantime, when I'm doing that, I'm looking at everything they're giving me, all the documents, how the documents are flowing. And I'm getting really intrigued with this, this custom house brokerage import business. Yeah. I'm getting really in, intrigued with that. Were you asking them questions the whole time? Or you, were you um, just watching and observing? Or are you asking them questions and trying to figure out what, what are they doing? Why are they doing that? Would they answer those questions if you asked them? In the beginning, I didn't because I didn't want it to sound like, and you, you can realize this, a lot of people realize this. I didn't want it to sound like, I'm trying to take your job. Oh, but that's a mindset, isn't it? From that, that is a mindset, yeah. but there's a lot of people with that kind of mindset. Of course. Of course. And I felt that if I started doing that, uh, they might back off and not, and not let me in. That's good. I like that. So I didn't. Right. But then after a while, I built a bond with the different people that I was helping. And then I would ask questions. So it's the same thing that you taught me for... When I got into real estate, I needed to make moves quickly and make money quickly. And so I went around the office, the, the first brokers that I was at like the first day. And I said, Hey, listen, I'll do anything you need me to do. I, I picked all the top people. I went around, looked at the wall and I saw all the top people. And I went around to their offices that, that first day. And I said, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll, I'll do your shit work. I'll paperwork. I'll do whatever. And all I ask is that you teach me a, and let me ask you a couple of questions, but I'll take all your leads and I'll pay you. I'll pay you double the split that you would pay any other agent. Right. So I'm moving all their agents out of my way. They're seeing my enthusiasm, my desire to, to do something for them, to help them. And it was reciprocal, it was reciprocal. Now, coming from the shipping business where I'm an expert, you know, almost like not to your level, but pretty much an expert level, like knowing that business my whole life, it was, um, it was an ego blast to go from an MBA or a doctorate to a freshman again. It was definitely an ego blast, but that was, that was squashed quickly by, uh, the bank's going to take my freaking house if I don't make any money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, 
That's a motivator. The mayor said to me when I left here, Meredith said to me, you have a plan? And I said, um, I think so. I didn't. I didn't. At that point, I, you know, this is only eight years ago. I didn't, I didn't write. You know, I did, but I didn't do it in the organized fashion I do today. But obviously, that's just evolution. I, I, I wrote out a goal that just says, whatever it takes at all costs, I will make this work at whatever it takes. I would stay up late, come in early. I'll do whatever it takes. And I said to Mayor, are you prepared for me to do whatever it takes? Effort, energy, and time whatever it takes. Cause we didn't have any money, you know, her and I were broke. So that's what it took to just be okay with being that freshman. But then what I, what I did was once I saw that those people were like, hell yeah, here's my crappy rental leads. Here's this crappy thing. And I was like, I remember the first check I got, I did a section eight rental in Dundalk and I made 200 bucks and I was like, Oh shit, this could work. I made that in a week. Okay. All right. Let me see what I can do next week. You know what? And then I started goals after the first two weeks that said, I want to see if I can double this next month. I want to see if I can get them to give me real buyer leads. And then I started just going to open houses all the time. But that's that same thing. Yeah, if you're changing thing. industries or if you're, if you're, you know, if you've been somewhere and you want to start a business or you, you um, are changing jobs after so long, you, you know, you have to, you have to have a mindset of curiosity, curiosity and understand that, that effort is reciprocal. People will want something from you if you want something from them. That's just how it goes. Well, yeah. Um, you know, my dad always said, Glenn, you have to get, give something to get something. Right. You can't just keep taking, taking. You have to give something. And that always stuck in the back of my mind. So my whole attitude was, if I'm giving you my time and I'm helping you, then it's okay that you give me something back. Right. And you were looking for info. Yeah. I was looking for info. How does it all work? Right. How like, to you know, was my curiosity. Right. How does this work? I mean, this, this whole thing uh, at that time seemed really complex to me. Sure. It's new. It was new. And I'm like, how does that work? So who do I talk to? I help people in the traffic department. I help people in the import department because I wanted to know how it all worked. Right, you want to see the whole piece. I even went down and helped old Mr. Crow. <laughs> in the, so that's what I did. And I stayed in the messenger position, uh, I guess, six months. If I can remember that far back, six months. Uh, and then a... Um, a girl got pregnant. Who? Oh, oh, oh. Not, not yeah. my girlfriend. <laughs> no. I was like, Dad, I don't know that story. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're, I got other kids, but. I'm anyway, the only one you need. Right. Yeah, you were enough. Right. <laughs> she got pregnant and she wasn't coming back. Right. She was going to be a stay-at-home mom and I guess her husband had a really good job. But he wasn't in the, in the business. Uh, he was in something else. And. Uh, well, Mr. Ray Hemmer came to me and said, uh, well, I, I've been watching you around the office. Actually, I thought I was going to get fired because you're not really supposed to do what you were doing, what I was doing. Yeah. And a couple of employees said, you know, they don't like you doing that kind of stuff. I said, but I like doing it. Right. Because I want to learn. I mean, I'll do whatever I have to do just, just to learn this thing and figure out if this is where I want to go. This is where I'm going. Yeah. So Mr. Hemmer came to me and said, 
I forget the lady's name. Let's call her Mary. Mary's having a baby. And at that time, that wasn't really that cool. Right. Uh, it's a man's world at that time. 70s? Yeah. Yeah. And she ain't coming back. So what do you think about uh, we take you out of the messenger and you be a clerk? How long was this period? Six months. That's not bad. No, not at all. But even though they forbid employees from running around the different desks and, and, you know, doing that kind of thing, because they always saw it as a security issue. Sure. Like, you know, what's he trying to do? Or what's he know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you also know you worked in this business. We're freaking paranoid. Yeah. We are paranoid that you're going to, you're going to take our business. <laughs> so, uh, he said to me, you know, you want to be a clerk? I'm like, well, what, what does that mean? I, I, don't, I don't know what a clerk is. A clerk, you sit at a desk. <laughs> you type up stuff. Man, where have you been? I'm like, I've never worked in an office before. Right. Ray. He goes, you be a clerk. It's nine to five. I give you another dollar an hour. That's big. How about that? That's pretty big. Eight, yeah. more, eight more dollars a day. Yeah. yeah. I'm really starting to roll along <laughs> money now. It's 200 bucks a month. Yeah. Which you were only making seventy five hundred. That's a good fraction. Yeah, that's yeah. good money. Shit, that's right? a that's like a thirty percent yeah raise, right? Yeah. Uh, don't 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 judge me on my math. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Two out of no two out of seven. It's like at least twenty to thirty percent raise. Yeah. Another dollar an hour at Damn. that time. That was big. It was big. That's maybe like getting a five dollar an hour raise. I don't. Know. No, probably ten dollar an hour raise now. Yeah. But uh, he said, uh, you know, we give you ninety days. You try it. If you don't like it. You go back to being a messenger. I'm like, hey, I want to. I'll try it out. Right. Yeah. I said, where Where am I going to be? He goes, going to be in the Volkswagen department. And at that time, I wasn't really sure what that meant. Right. But that was the Volkswagen import department because they had the account to import Volkswagen to the U.S. They had Volkswagen uh, import business for the whole U.S. Yeah, which is that's big. That's before they produced cars here. Before they had the Tennessee factory and right. Everything was imported. Right. Porsches, Volkswagens, everything. Oh, it was that whole account. Everything. Yeah. And um, he said, you know, you start out, you, you know, you know how to type? I said, yeah, I, I can type. I, I didn't know how to type. Right. I figured out. So let's talk about that for a second. I because fake it till I made it. There, I, I, have, I have done that so many times, time and time again, because you taught me that, that just saying yes and then and then figuring it out a mentor of mine that's one of his slogans is say yes and figure it out that's the appropriate time to say yes and figure it out that's the time when like there's an opportunity in front of you and you don't want to be the guy that messes it up messes it up because you don't understand you know correct well my mindset had always been i'll figure it out yeah that's the way my mindset has always been and i and i still say that today uh, when your mother goes, well, what are you going to do with this? And I'm like, I don't know, I'll figure it out. Right. And at some point in time, you figure it out. Might not be your answer, right. her answer, but it's an answer. And it'll, it'll, it'll get done. And it, it gets done. Right. Maybe not the way you wanted to see it done or somebody else wanted to see it done. Sure. But the end result is it got done. So, yeah, I took, I took that on. And, um, I got a uh, old, uh, I guess it was a Corona. Typewriter? Yes. They gave that to you? You had to no, buy it? No, I, I bought it at a yard sale. Oh. 
because I told him I, I knew I already knew how to type. But you didn't know how to type at all? No. Well, how the, I mean, the typewriter is not like a laptop. It's, that's, that's tough. You have to stretch your hands and actually move them mechanically. Yeah, and you got to line all that stuff up. Right. That's a, that's a typewriter. That's no joke. Yeah, so I got one, and, and I, would, I would practice at night. Right. Like, I took some forms from the office because he said, you know, you're going to be filling these forms. Oh, all the bills of lading and all that stuff. You had, to, you had to maneuver it around and put it in the machine. Oh, God. That's rough. The, the uh, 7501 right. figure the duty. Right. There's no, the computer will figure all that out. You did that all by hand. You calculated it. Right. Yikes. And then you had to line everything up because it was pre-printed forms. Right. So you had to, you know, turn your little wheel on a typewriter, get it lined up just right so you could type in it. And then if you made a mistake, then, you, you know, you're backspacing. Right. What did you, so for, for people that are listening who say, yeah, I know that sounds awesome, but like, I don't like doing that kind of stuff. I don't want to do that kind of stuff. I, I just, uh, I want to figure out a way to get, to get higher in the rank or in my experience without, you know, let's say the, the boring stuff or the stuff that they just, they might not vibe with, or maybe their personality doesn't align with it. It's just a, it's just a suck it up. Just do it. You got, you got to figure it I, out. I think, and you can attest to this, Ian. Because you went there at, at our, our company uh, when you got out of college. I think it was the best lesson that I ever had from starting at the bottom yeah. and learning my way all the way to the top. Sure. That's the best lesson you could ever have because you truly understand if you have people working for you you truly understand what they go through on a day-to-day -day basis. And perhaps you can, you can help them along the way. So that's a lesson in leadership though, because if you don't, I know that there's a way to do it without knowing everything, right? There's a, there's, there's a leadership piece in that where you're leading people, not leading the task. And you're, you're hiring people who can innovate how to do that task. But you have to know, I think you got to know a little, like the basics Right, so I'm doing a lot of SEO and a lot of click funnels and lead magnets and stuff for our coaching business. And I don't understand all of it and how to do it, but I understand enough to ask questions to my, mm -hmm. the people that I hired to do it for me. Yeah. You don't, I'm not saying you got to go, you got to do what I did and yeah. you know, get on the ditto machine. But that's a very different time. The yeah, 70s it's a very were, different time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying that if you're the type of personality where you're like, you know, I'm a, I got a master's degree. I don't want to start there. Right. I'm saying that you should look at and have a general understanding of what people are doing around you. Right. I'm not saying you have to know every little in and out of that. But as far as moving forward or being a manager or a leader, you really need that, to have that under your belt. Yeah. And then there's also the, the flip side of the coin that I was actually going to mention earlier, which is most people that I know, and I'm not judging everyone. I'm, and I'm just saying that most people that I know in the nine to five position, more in the like big companies, corporate government, you know, big, big organizations, not so much small, because small, I think small organization employees and leaders have a very different, um, you know, group mentality. This is like, it's the herd mentality, but 
the big companies, I feel like you maybe rose so fast and tell me if, if this is correct or not. Well, it sounds good. Is that you didn't have a mindset that was not my job, not, not on me. You know what I mean? You just were like, well, I'm going to get in and help everybody. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a lot of people, they assume this position and this mindset of not my job description, not for me. I do these three things. I push these five buttons and I go home. I collect my check which is not a mindset of growth, by the way. That's a mindset of scarcity and, 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 that, st- and stagnation. That's okay if that's what you want. Sure. No, and that's, there's nothing wrong with it. But what if, we're talking about here is leadership. Right. If you want to move forward, you, you can't have that mindset because now you're in a box. Right, right. You're a, in a dangerous box. box. Very dangerous box. Yep. And later down the road, you're going to be saying, I've been here 10 years and I hate it. Right. But then you take the same attitude to the next company. Correct. Expecting the, res- the result to change, but it doesn't because it's you. That's the thing we talk about in our front runner events. The, the, the foundation of our coaching businesses is, is if you want a different result, yes, you have to do different things. However, you have to become the person that can achieve those results in a sustainable manner. I talk about it all the time. Right. You can't move to another environment. No. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll have. Some people go, well, I'm going to make a move. I'm going to move from here to, to another state. Everything will be fine. Right. But the thing is, you're taking you right. with you. Exactly. Okay. And that's a Band-Aid. And that might be fine for a while. But after a while, you are saying, this isn't any better than it was. Because you're not making it any better. Right. You're not doing anything to improve yourself. You, right. You have to do something to improve yourself. Right. So, and I'm not saying that's, you know, if you want to stay in that box, that's fine. Yeah. If you want to move forward, then you have to, you have to do it yourself. You have to put in the work. That's the only way. You have to put in the work. If you don't, then all you can do is complain. It's on you. That's, that's your, that's your deal. Totally. But what we're, what we're showcasing here is a mindset of growth and opportunity and option and abundance. Correct. So we, I, I won't have anybody on that doesn't have that kind of mindset. So you're not going to hear it here. However, there's nothing wrong with not having a growth and abundance mindset. And I don't mean abundance in terms of dollars. I mean abundance, abundance in terms of habits and skills and education and learning and knowledge that then gets you an abundance of the financial aspect, money, whatever, currency of some happiness. kind. Happiness. Yeah, an, yeah, an abundance of happiness. So just remember, like, there's, a, there's, a big, there's a big piece there. In just in a mindset shift around the word abundance, which is it's not about money. People associate it a lot with, I want to be in abundance of money and this, but an abundance of money comes from an abundance of all those other things in line. And then money just flows because money's just the energy, the result of the congruency. That's really it. It's a symbol. Yeah. It's a symbolic. The big car, that's symbolic. All that's materialistic. But if you don't do your self-improvement, right. you're still, you're still t- dragging yourself along just the way you were. 100%. So it was always my mindset is... I'm going to do what I got to do to improve myself. How can I do that? 
Right. It's not that, oh, he didn't give me another race, so I'm going to slow down. Right. Or, oh, I'm working for the government. Uh, I've got uh, 231 days and nine minutes of retirement <laughs> right. kind of crap. Right. That's not, that's not what you want. But isn't that another mindset of curiosity? Absolutely. What can I do to yes. further myself? What can Correct. I do? So answering that question, I teach Ellis that all the time. Don't say you can't. Ask how you can. Right. It's a whole right. new way of being. Not a way of doing. It's a way of being. And then you'll find out how to do it. Correct. And, you know, my whole mindset was how can I make this work for me? Right. How can I make this work for me? Not, not for anybody else. How can I make it work for me? And that's why I did what I did. So moving on, I took it. Yep. And I went into the um, Volkswagen apartment. Volkswagen in North America. And I'm dealing with uh, basically the office, the German office in North America. Oh, yeah. Run by all the Germans. And they really strict, really strict. Uh, they were up in New Jersey. So my first job was, and he said, do you know how to do this? <laughs> um, you probably said, yeah, and you I'm didn't. Like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. What do you want me to do? They're like, okay, you see all these serial numbers, the ships coming in. There's a uh, thousand cars on there. You got to report all the serial numbers to uh, VOA. I said, okay, what manually? I said, well, but how do I do that? They said, you got to type it on a telex machine. Right. I'm like, okay. They're like, <laughs> have you used that before? I said, uh, Twix. I've, I've I've done that other one. Twix. Explain what a Twix is for anybody born after 1985. <laughs> Twix and telex are basically the same. Right. Twix has just like a, a, a little more power than the telex machine. Oh, got it. A little more. You can do a little bit more with it. Right. I think of the Twix card like we, we used to use to get into uh, the no, port. No. No. You're, you're punching. You're typing. Yeah. But you're punching holes in a tape. Oh, right, 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 right. It's like ancient. And then if you make a mistake, you got to back it up and they have this special tape you put on it. <laughs> How do you know you made a mistake if it just puts holes in it? Well, I was, as a th there's a little uh, screen there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. When you're typing. Yeah. You can see what like you're typing. A green screen. One of those little green, like, like the old Mac or the old computers used to have. Like it was, right? Maybe green. Or orange. Uh, I was probably white. Yeah. I don't remember. Maybe yeah. it was green. But I said, uh, yeah, I can do it. And then they handed <laughs> me that sheet. <laughs> And that's what I did. A thousand is a lot. Like you go, you could go crazy during that time. Yeah. I, I <laughs> tore a lot of tapes in half. Right. <laughs> and you didn't have the best anger management back then. No. Right. I no, mean, this I is not. when, this is in your twenties. No, I did not. I didn't, right. didn't have that under control. This is in your twenties, right? Early twenties. Yeah. Mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's 22. Yeah. 23. Yeah. Something like that. And then, of course, I was still partying at night, so. Oh, that's what I, yeah, I wanted to ask that. You know, I'd roll in on a ship usually came in the middle of the week, discharged. I'd, I'd roll in on a, maybe a Thursday from being out Wednesday night, and they'd throw this 
thousand VIN numbers in front of me, and I'm like, I can't even see that. <laughs> so I go in there, start typing them up. You know, a lot of people are like, really? That's what you had to do? That's what you had to do. But that was the 70s. That's, that yeah. wasn't, that's not, that, you know, that's the 70s. That's a very yeah. different time. There very was, different time. But that was also big technology back then. Oh, that was uh, uh, to have a, a Telex and a Twix. Right. You were big time. Yeah. There we go. Like, Holman's got a Telex and a Twix. Right, right. Anyway, it's probably know, lease on that thing. It was probably three grand a month. Probably. It was high end. Man. High <laughs> end. But I did. I got through all that. I did all that. And then they, uh, you know, they started letting me do other stuff, like um, typing up. I know now it's different. It's all electronic, everything. I, I clear shipments sitting at my desk. Shipping can be in California right. electronically. But back then, everything was done by hand. So you typed up your, all your paperwork. Yeah. And you physically had the messenger, which what I used to do. Right. Take it. Take it to customs. Yeah. And then they had to check in and the messenger brings it back. You make your corrections if needed. Right. Which technically we still did in the mid 2000s. Not, but not in that capacity, but the no. messenger still came and picked up customs yeah. docs. Yeah. yeah. Old Frankie, remember him? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder where he is. I'd be still doing okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, back then it was really the inspectors. Uh, actually looking at your paperwork not a not a, a computer right scanning it algorithm and if the inspector was in a bad mood or he didn't like you he'd take your paperwork put on a bond on the palm might be a couple hundred clearances sitting there right and you're waiting you're waiting you're waiting you're calling you're waiting you're waiting so um you you really had to uh finesse yeah had to have a lot of finesse uh, and know how to jive with the inspectors. Well, let's let's talk about that because there's a there's a um, there's an art to that because I know what you used to tell me when I would go down to the port and I'm like, what the what are these people doing? How do they even brush their teeth and get a, get up in the morning? Yeah, how do they get who dresses them? Right, like it, like it, it, it wasn't them. It was just my interpretation that it was so inconvenient and so just just like I don't know the right word just just um basic and base level and you had to have the best I only I learned my lesson one time because I didn't I didn't get a shipment and I was I went late thinking I'd be smart and they, they would have to give it to me but the guy just get the hell out of here because I had an attitude with him and I hated the fact I hated that that I had to suck up to you but you said look at the big picture here the big picture isn't about you it's about the client's shipment so whatever right. you're feeling is not on you it's not it has nothing to do with you you have a job to do. So you, you get your shit together in order to get the job done. Whatever you're feeling does not, have, does not enter into the equation. Correct. And it, and it goes back to what I used to tell you also is what is your goal here? Is your, goal's right. not, your goal is not to piss anybody off. Your goal is to get that document signed off. And there goes your curiosity again. How do I do that? Right. How do I do that? How do I get that done? And you know, you put a plan together in your head. Right. And you don't let emotion get in. Right. Which is sometimes very right. challenging. I'm not saying it's not. I Listen, I learned my hot-headedness from you, but neither one of us today have that. No, we have the capability and the we desire do. sometimes, no, no doubt. We do, but 
we, we're it doesn't serve. We're yeah. controlling it because it doesn't serve us. Right. So let's, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. You hear me? Yep. Let me ask you this question. So I, I, I meet a lot of people through my coaching business or through, um, you know, events that we do or seminars that we host or, or, you know, teaching that we do at different companies. And they always say, you know, I'm such a go-getter. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. How come my kids don't, aren't like me? And, and I say to them, you know, I'm not sure. I'll actually ask my dad that. Like, I want your interpretation because it is, it's almost eerie how, how parallel you and I are in not only the things that we do and the experiences that we have in life, not all the experiences, but I mean in, in growth and development within, within business and with ourselves. Um, I, I, what is your interpretation of that? Because I know what mine is and that I look up to you and I'm following you as a model, right? And a mentor, a model, my dad, all those things. But, but how do you explain what you did or didn't do to make me, I don't know, that's a, it's a, it's a big question, but I want, I, I think it's appropriate in here. Like how did, how do you ensure, maybe you can't, that, that you're the right type of model for a kid to just pick up on naturally without forcing it down their throat. You know what I mean? Sure. Does, that make, does that make sense? It's a, sure. it's a big question. And I know it's a, there's a lot there. There's yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll answer it as best I can. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there isn't any book on how to raise your kids. Right. There, you know, you, you, you do the best you can and your feeling is, um, you know, a lot of parents I'm doing the right thing they're really not doing the right thing for me. My whole, um, if you want to call it strategy with you was not to micromanage. Yeah. 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 Spend time, spend as much time as I can with you. Yep. And to, um, let you not, not to the point where you're going to hurt yourself but let you try different things right? and not give you my opinion unless you needed it. You go into that a little bit more because that's, I, I mean, as a parent, I know that it's sometimes that's very challenging because you know, you got the answer, you know, for a fact that they won't, that you can help them not fall off that thing or not, hit that or not go there with one word or five words let's do the old prime example yeah so <clears throat> you're taking the corvette out <laughs> right right yeah. this is a really good <laughs> example is. for you uh so you're taking the corvette out i came back uh, i guess i was on a sales call or something i think i was 23 yeah yeah i came back we were down by the airport yep. and i said and if you're taking a Corvette out, uh, they're working radar on the next street over, so you want to avoid that. Right. And you got, and what you say, oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> you just blew me off. Yeah. No, I didn't run after you. No. I go, oh, God, don't do it. Don't. I said, okay, well, I told him. Right. It's all you can do, though, if you think about it's, it. It's his choice. Yeah. But it wasn't a matter of something where you were going to get hurt or kill yourself. I mean, that's a possibility, was, a long, far-fetched, yeah. Yeah, it was your choice. Yeah. 
all actions have consequences. You know that we totally. talk about that all the time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> all actions yep. have consequences. <laughs> so you leave. I go back, sit at my desk, start working. I'm on the phone. <laughs> Corvette pulls up. I thought he was going somewhere. Going to Ocean City. That what it was. Yeah. Right. You were going to Ocean City. And you come back in and you're like, you're looking kind of down. <laughs> you're looking kind of meek at me. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? The problem with the vet or what? He goes, well, remember when you told me that there was a radar everyone out of the road? I said, yeah. He goes, he handed up a ticket. A ticket. No, no, this isn't even the other road. This is the driveway next to our warehouse, like 30 freaking feet. And I pull out of, with this beautiful Z06 uh, Corvette C6, and, and I pull out, and I just hit the gas a little. Not even intentional, because that car was very powerful. If you hit the gas too much, you'd spin around. I hit the gas a little and broke the tires loose. And no joke, just to my right is a cop. And I'm like, come on, come on. <laughs> so would you say, would you say that, um, so I have this document, this is what I, I, I want to, let me preface this. I have this document called a power doc, right? Power and lesson doc for Ellis. And every time that I think of something as, as a lesson, I put it on this doc and then I read all the things that we have on the doc, right? For instance, something like, um, like you just said, like I, I told him he's he got to learn, learning from your mistakes, learning from your failures is going to teach you a, a lot of lessons. You can learn from my mistakes or yours. Mine costs less, right? Those kind of things. And then I, I drop that like you did on me and I leave it. Did you intentionally do that or did you just, is that what your dad did? How did you, because I mean, like Meredith and I aren't that different as far as parenting, but we get our parenting from our parents. Correct. And then we have to tweak and change and shift whatever what it is that we liked or didn't like. And we have to form our own parenting style. But is that something that you thought of or is that just something that your dad did? Cause you could have been like, seriously, seriously, like sit down for a second. If you get a ticket, this is going to happen. And then what happens to a kid like me is my brain goes, goes into whatever, you don't know, F you. You know, and then you, it's just, it's like a shutdown. Right. But because you're like, Hey, listen, they're running Raider out there. I'm like, yeah, I got, it. I know my, was, my, yeah. my brain's still open to learning, but I also come back and it's not a, you're sitting there with an, I told you so I'm coming back and I'm like, yeah, sorry, dad. I should have listened to you, you know? And I, and there's more open and it's more open and available for me to learn the full lesson and talk to you about it. And that's, that's something we're going to get into another episode, yeah. but yeah. The ability to keep a very clean and open line of communication, which you and I have, we've always had that, where I can tell you anything without fear that you're going to judge, get pissed. I mean, yeah, you might get pissed at me, but it's rightfully so if I do something really dumb. But I never have had a fear, you know, nothing against my mom. My mom just isn't that kind of person. I can't share everything with her because right. she, right. she's an overreactor yeah. where you were like, all right, tell me. And then, and then I'm like, fuck, this is going to hurt. And you go, okay, well, that sucks. That's definitely gonna that's definitely gonna suck. How all right, they'll just figure out how to solve this problem, you know? Right. Like did you did you plan that or was that intentional? I mean it has intentionality, but did you like map that like I do, or did you just is that that was just your way? Well, I think it comes from my father when I when I was growing up. My father was kind of the same way. 
Yeah. I'd like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try this. He goes, all right, well, you want to try it? I mean, there are some consequences. If you want to hear them, I'll tell you. If not, do you, you want to try it? Just go ahead and try it. You're not going to kill yourself or hurt yourself. Right. And um, I think I kind of took that with me as, as I grew, grew along and got married and, and had kids. I think I took that way of thinking, that philosophy. Right. Because I recall, you know, you, as you get older, you, you pull this stuff up in the back of your mind. Yep. I recall how my reactions were when he would say something to me or, and I would go ahead and do it anyway. And I would have a bad consequence. And then guy would go back to him and go, uh, and sometimes I would even, I would say to myself, why didn't he stop me from doing it? Yeah. Because that's life. He wanted me to learn that's what life is. Actions have consequences, positive or negative. One thing produces another. And I thought that was a good philosophy for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, now, you, you know, there's some things that, there's some things that maybe I should have said of what I did. Sure, but you can't, you can't, you don't, you don't know. No, I can't, you, you, you can't like, you can't guess. You can't micromanage kids. Especially a kid like me who was not designed to stay inside the fence. Right. And I think you have to recognize when you have a, a mentee, a kid, a kid in your classroom, a, a, you know, you have to recognize the type of kid you have. You know, like Ellison Pricey might not be the same type of kid. Ellison is very much like me, so you, you have to leave the gate open. Right. She'll come inside, but if you, if, you, if you close that gate, she will run and hit the fence and run over it. Yeah. That's, a very, that's very clear. You have to understand your kid. You've got to let them learn through experiences and mistakes and failure and not be, you know, obviously if they're going to, jump up a building or something well, uh, no, you know I mean, it can't not. be it can't be detrimental to their health no no but the one you know you you let me have that leash which allowed me and i think about it and i it almost it almost like it almost makes me um not sad but i look back at the kind of kid i was and the and the the some of the stupid stuff that I did and I'm like how did he not kill me for that it was so <laughs> dumb and I guess that's what we learn as we grow older and we have our own kids as we right. start to think about like man how I, man I put my dad through a lot of shit right. well there's, then then as a parent you you look at that and you go what what is he, yeah duck is he doing <laughs> right why did he do that right but you know it's all a part of growing up it's a, it's a learning lesson now there's two things you have to do with, I think, with kids. First of all, you got to spend the time. Right. You got to put time in. Right. You got to build the bond. You got to build trust. That's yeah, important. There's a lot of, I'll take it back to a story. I don't want to belabor this thing any more than you want to. No, it's, it's an important. But I'll take you back to a time when some of my friends, when, when you were growing up, right? I worked a lot during the week, a lot. On the weekends, I spent time with you. 
Yeah, I mean, it was we selfless. Go, it was very selfless for you. We would go places. I would take you to the aquarium. We would do all kinds of stuff, right? We go chop wood, whatever. <laughs> right, right. Remember the little RC car that we found? It's 35 years old. Playing with the RC car. Yep. But um, a lot of my friends would say, you know, they're playing golf or you know, they're going to the bar, they're going out fishing, they're doing this, they're doing it, but they're not taking the kids. Right. And a lot of my friends would say, man, what's up with you? He's a kid. Right. Why do you spend so much time with that kid? You know, you're, you're, you're taking up your whole weekend. I'm like, because it's important to me and it's important to him. Right. Well, you, did, you also didn't have that. No. I didn't and you wanted that. to change the trajectory of the generation, which that's your responsibility as a right. parent. Don't do the same shit your parents did. And uh, I also um, looked at it this way. He's only going to be a kid for so long. Right. It's, and that's sad. It's a sad thing to think about. It's very sad. Like look at my daughter, your granddaughter. She's already five. Yeah. Like that. And I, I, I think I told you, uh, they grow fast. Right. There's a lot of stuff goes on in between all that. But you turn around, and next thing they're five. And right. Then, and then they're 10, and they're 16, asking for the keys to the car. <laughs> right. And 50 bucks to go out. Right. And then the next thing... I Mr. Uh, Mr. <laughs> I'm here to take your daughter. Daughter, oh, dance or something, right? God, take don't, your don't daughter to the prom. Don't remind me. So I wanted to spend as much time as I could, right, with you, which is on purpose parenting. That's true, right? On purpose parenting. That's it's true. I, I, it, I'm not. I'm not talking about every parent. I'm talking about most parents live by a default yes and they, they like they get involved when they when they think they need to get involved but they're not proactive with lessons and, and cool stuff for the kid to do and time and intentional with the time spent with the kid right. i think that's the difference as you point more stuff out it's very intentional with the time you spent and you got involved when you felt you needed to but you kind of you presented things to me. Let me run around and do my thing. Learn some lessons. Talk to me about it. Right. Course correct me and then send me back out. That helps. Correct. I wouldn't be running a bunch of businesses now if, if I think if you didn't do that. Well, it, it, you know, it really does. Uh, to me, it makes you think for yourself. Right. Even though you're a kid, you can think for yourself. Yeah. And I see that with Ellis all the time. She thinks for herself. That's also her schooling, you know, she, her learning, not schooling. There's a big difference in learning and schooling. Right. Yeah. So all these guys yeah. that said, come on, man, let's play golf, let's drink beer, let's do this. You know. And at that time, I, I love drinking. So, you know, I, I would have done that in a heartbeat yeah. if I didn't have a child. But I said, no, no, you know, I work all week. I work long hours. Sometimes he's sleeping when I get home. I want to spend some time with him. Right. And I did that. Yeah. And that's why we're, we have this relationship we have today. Yep. Now, opposite of that, some of these friends, when their kids grow up, they grew up as drug addicts. Yep. They grew up hating parent the parent yeah and then the parent comes back and goes what i don't know what happened i gave him everything yeah everything yeah 
what you didn't give him the most precious commodity your time right that's gone you can never get that back what's really important and and it kind of harkens back to the beginning when we were talking about who you're being is that is a perfect lesson as to being a parent not doing parenting right you know what i mean being an intentional parent versus a reactive you know or or being a role model versus a reactive parent that's like that's a huge difference there like when the kids yes it is yeah it's also getting the child involved in the process right getting the child to uh think for themselves yeah pro yeah yeah, problem solve for themselves. Right, problem solve for themselves, and um, to share feelings, which a lot of a lot of parents won't let you share the feelings. They wouldn't let you share their feelings. But that's like when you shot the TV out. <laughs> that was a total accident. I'm still sticking to it. You know, I tell you, no, if I you shot shared, a TV, no, but you shared your feelings with me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I believe it. No, I, I'll tell you the one, the one that was really uh, intentional by me is that I got really angry. Remember, I was up in college. I got really angry. Uh, I, was driving, I was driving around, and, um, and, and, and nothing seemed to be going my way. And, and this is a lesson for parents out there who do not or want to create a – they want to create their relationship with their kid where it doesn't matter what happens. The kid just says, all right, you're, you know what? Let me, let me level with you because you know that there's no big bark. There's no fear behind that. The parent is going to be, you are going to be understanding, not happy, but supportive of my growth in this lesson, not in, just think about it. If, let me tell you the situation. I'll tell you two ways it could have gone. I, I punched my head unit. Remember that? My Tahoe. I remember that. And I came home and I said, dad, yeah, I, I, something fell on it. And you're like, something fell on and it's vertical. Yeah. <laughs> and you said, you, good try. yeah, you said something like, listen, I was, I was your age once. I know things happen. When you're ready to tell me what really happened, I'm here to listen. That's it. Right. And I just went. And I walked away. Right. And I said, all right. And then what you left me with, instead of going, what the hell are you nuts? I just fucking bought you that head unit. Were you crazy? In that moment, and parents, listen up. And I'm not a perfect parent and neither is the guy sitting across from me. But, but I think we, we, we are sitting here today and I'm, I'll be 38 tomorrow. Clearly, we've got something that we did that served. Right or wrong doesn't really exist here. Something served, right? The way you parented served. The way I accepted served. So at that moment, if you would have reacted to me in a, in a, in a, in a manner that, that served you at that time, and you didn't think about the situation, you just reacted to it, I would have shut down and not told you what happened. That's correct. You right? would have clammed up. And even though I was an aggressive, you know, crazy kid, I think I was 19 or 18. You gave me the space to go, all right, dad, I got angry and I hit it. And I'm just, can you, can you get me another one? And I'll pay, I'll pay for it or I'll do something, you know, I'll, I'll pay you back for it. I just, I need a radio in my car. And at that time you were able to, you were able to sit with me and say, all right, well, what's this going, what was going on? What happened? And that continued to create a space for me to be able to share with you what was going on instead of being in a place where I felt, and I still had this feeling too, where I felt sort of more alone in the world sometimes. I think every kid does. Oh yeah. And I felt like I didn't understand my feelings and emotions, which I think every growing 
teenager and, and into their early 20s does. But at least I had a space with you because you created that space. So, so parents are in charge of creating a space for their kids to explain and to talk through things, even if it's the total bonehead move like that. And then you, you would always, you know, I would come home a ton in college and even when I was younger and you would just say to me, look, I'm not stupid. I know what you're going out to do. And you would say to me, look, if you're going to, you're going to drink beer, like drink beer in the house. At least I know where you, that you're safe, you know, with your buddies. I'm, 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 it's not legal and you're not supposed to, but whether, whether I okay it or not, you're going out to drink beer somewhere. And I'd rather have you drinking beer in my basement and I know where you are versus you're out somewhere in a car in some field, you know, 40 miles from here and I can't get you. But you always used to say to me, look, just be smart about being stupid. I know you're not, you're not going to make the best choices all the time, but if you, if you're going to be stupid, just be smart about it. That's right. it. You know, That's if you're right. going to go out drinking, right. Sleep there, sleep right. in the car. I don't care. Right. Just text me or, or we didn't have text back then. Call me with that big brick Nokia thing that I <laughs> or the, the Nextel. And, um, and, and let me know, let me know that you're all right. Cause even though it might not seem like I'm, I'm not a helicopter, you know, and your mother wants you to call her every five minutes and oh, tell yeah. you're okay. Oh, I, I still need to know that you're all right. You're my son. Correct. Right. Right. Which is okay. Which at that time made sense to you, right? Right. Yeah. I never said, get your ass back here. You got to be here at 11 o'clock. Get back here. Right. All I said is, I, I need to know what's going on. Right. You know, and then we'll make decisions together. Yep. Whereas, you know what happened with the beer in the woods? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You, you, it wasn't a good choice, but. But but we were going to make those choices anyway. At least we did it in the woods at our house versus, you know, God knows where. You were on state property. That's true. That's true. Hey, we have those stories to tell. We do. Right? Those stories, some of those stories are so funny now. I know. So funny now. <laughs> I, just, I, I remember like it was yesterday. I'm sitting downstairs. Well, it was on a Friday, I guess. I was wiped out. Right. And I think I was drinking a beer at that time. And I was half asleep. And here appears Ian. Which time is this, though? There were multiple times. Here appears Ian next to me. Dad, you wake up. <laughs> I do remember this. Like, well, I am, I am now. I was so nervous. Can you come upstairs? I'm like, for what? There's a policeman in, in, the <laughs> in the kitchen. I'm like, well, what's he doing in my kitchen? Well, we 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 were drinking beer in the woods, and and they brought out the dogs and out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they did. The dogs and alligators. But think about how much of, you know. No offense to Baltimore County Police. That was you know whatever they're doing the job. But Jesus, I mean, to bring, they literally brought out search. The dogs and, right. and a helicopter. And we were, we literally were a thousand feet from your house. If you That's think right. about it, right yeah. inside the NCR trail, like yeah. right inside yeah. the woods. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't have a fire or anything. I don't think we had a bonfire. We're just a couple of teenagers sitting around drinking beer. And, and they didn't, they, they didn't make a peep. They literally had us surrounded and the dogs were that quiet where they switched a flashlight on, scared the hell out of us. And the dog, there's three dogs sitting there. And I was like, oh my God, are we, are we getting arrested? <laughs> we're just, he's like, what are you doing? And I said, we're just drinking beer. And he's like, how old are you? And we were all like 16. <laughs> yeah. They walked us home. 
but here's the there's the lesson again. There's the lesson. If you if you would have reacted to that and been like, "Are you freaking nuts? Are you out of your mind?" Or if mom would have woke up, oh, that wouldn't have been good, <laughs> right? It didn't happen because it didn't happen. I still think there's no way she didn't hear that. And she just sat up there and went, I'm going to let Glenn take care of this. <laughs> there's no way that she. Man, I'm not, I'm not effing with that. No, no, no. She, they're like, if you, you literally said to me, all right, you guys, all right, look, you're in for the night. Do your thing downstairs. Don't go outside. Right. You know, guys, I can get in trouble with, you know, with this stuff. You got to be smart here. You got to be smart. You're going to do stupid stuff. You have to be smart. And because of that, like no other parents in my group of friends would have reacted that way. They would have flipped their lids, screamed, cussed. But what, what, what I think a lot of people don't realize is that at that moment that you do that to a, to a, a, a kid, even though they're 16, 18, they're still learning and they're still wrapping brain wiring around events. Yeah. The moment that you scream and make the fear and the pain worse, they won't, they're not, they're, they're now blocking something from well, you. Well, you already knew, you already knew what you did. Yeah, totally. Right? You already knew what you did. You already knew what your consequence was. So now you have to process it. Right. And if I were jumping up and down and screaming and all that, you may have not processed that. Yeah. You may have just shut it off. Yeah. And, and you, I think your lesson would be lost. The lesson would be lost if you, if, you, if you make it about you versus about what happened, right? <clears throat> Remember from Landmark, it's a story versus what happened. The story that you're telling yourself is, you know, this looks bad on me. My kid's a bad kid, whatever. And you're making up a story. Your ego's in play. Your fear's in play. Your Correct. I don't want to look bad is in play. And now all of a sudden, it's not about the kid and what happened. It's now about your story. And then your story reacts to the kid. And then your relationship changes. And that's bad. Right. That's a problem. Right. That's a total problem. Yeah, the whole thing is like, Ian, it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to what happens to you. Right. And, you know, kids, they watch your reactions. Totally. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I think it was four or five of your buddies from yeah. Coward Hall. You know, I'm not saying that... Um, you know, if I would have jumped up and down and screamed and all that, would it, would it have done any good? I don't, I don't think it would have. I think they knew because I looked at all your faces. We were, yeah, we were all. You knew the gig was up. The, the cops took care of the shock factor. <laughs> you knew the gig was up. I remember that. That is so, it was so scary at the time. Plus, I had to go down there and drive the car back. You remember that? Oh, because they detained us in the car. It was Correct. winter time. And right. then the, the, the cop, I don't know if this guy's still a cop, but he was. They let you come up. He was an idiot. He, the other kids they detained. Well, he said, you guys go and sit in your car, guys. We're like, okay. And then uh, they took all the other beer that we had in the trunk. You know how hard it was to get beer back then? <laughs> we had to drive out to, to Essex and Dundalk and Route 40. And we had to, I mean... <laughs> This is, I hope I'm not incriminating myself, but we had to, we had to ask strangers to buy us beer. Do you know who had to do it? Me. I was the sales guy of the group. Yeah. And I had to, that was like my first, uh, it was my first cold calling. Well, you did well. It was five cases of beer. I know. <laughs> was it something brown? Honey brown. Honey brown. Yeah. JW honey brown. It, it was, um, uh, they made us sit in the car. 
And then they said, are you guys, uh, you guys cold? Why don't you go ahead and turn the car on? And literally the moment that I won't say any of the names, well, the guy, the driver turns the car on, the cop shines his flashlight back in. He goes, now I got you for DUI. Right. Exactly. And we're like, he's playing. What? Playing. He goes, yep. Any, you're, 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 um, or, or yeah, DUI, I think yeah. it was, or, or yeah. And the driver says, what are, you, what are you talking about, man? And he goes, as soon as you, if your car ignition's on and you're intoxicated, that's a, that's an immediate DUI. And he goes, well, you told me to turn the car on. And one of the other guys goes, uh, sir, that's entrapment. <laughs> 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 and the, and the cop, uh, the cop kind of backed off and then he brought me out and he said, where's your house? And I ran up, man, I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, how the hell am I going to get out of this one? Oh, and then I thought to myself, you know, this isn't really that bad. This really isn't that bad. We're, it's like, like, we're not killing anybody. We're not hurting anything. We're a couple, couple 16-year-olds drinking beer in the woods. Who hasn't done that? Right. Right? Right. The cops did it, too. Right. And if, and if, and if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't, if, you, if your reaction had been the same as the cops, which is, it's like we just killed a, a, a field of puppies. You know, like it's the worst thing in the world. And, and, and this is the path that we're on and, and this leads to nothing but trouble. And this is like, a bridge to drugs. Yeah. Like yeah. this is, you know, guys like you won't make it anywhere in the world because you're drinking at 16. Like we weren't getting hammered drunk. We we're drinking some beers together. That was the thing. But the big, the big lesson here is, and we got to wrap up. The big lesson here is your reaction helped me to process fully what I was doing. Now it didn't, but yeah, we want to back up on that. Yeah. That's very true. What you just said, but that was set in motion years ago. Like childhood. That was set totally. in motion. Totally. Had I not built that bond and built that trust yep. and spent time with you, I think the consequences may have been worse. Yeah. Well, then what happens is every time you react or overreact, right, with your own ego and emotions, not through the situation, but because of what you're feeling inside, that's what happens when these, when you say like maybe some of your friends' kids didn't like them and you know, their kids are separate, you know, mm -hmm. far apart from them, hate them, don't talk to them, whatever, or they're right. on drugs. Right. It's because at that moment, your brain says, I, I don't have an ally in this parent anymore. Right. I'm on my own. I can't trust this person. I'm on my own. I can't trust this parent. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, it's, it's kind of strange to say that. I can't trust my parent. That's big. But that's what's, that's what's happening along the way. Sure. If people are complaining, you know, my kid doesn't know me or I don't know right. my kid. Right. You haven't built that bond. You haven't built that trust. You haven't put in the time. You haven't done the work. Right. And the work doesn't mean the buying and the trips and the this. That's no. doing, right? So let's go ahead and make no. sure we got that real clear distinction between being and doing. No. It's the parent and the person that you're being for this kid. And for those parents to say, yeah, I don't owe my kid anything, that's 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 ancient way of thinking. And you are going down that bad road. Yeah. You owe that kid to be able to create space for that kid to have an understanding of what they're feeling and to talk to you about it. You're their parent. You're their mentor. They're going to learn from you. They don't learn from school how to handle emotions or finances or life or life. Schooling. And we were talking about this earlier. We'll have a whole nother discussion on this. Schooling is not learning. 
it's memorization. It's, it's doing what they want you to do to get a grade, to be judged and, and, and evaluated and compared to other people. Because that's what society says. And that's fine. But then you can't go back. They can't come back home and get the same treatment from their parents. So what we're saying is if what, if what dad and I are saying doesn't make sense to you, call us, hit us up and have a conversation with us about oh, absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I know there are a lot of parents out there that, sure. that would really have like to have a conversation yeah. about this. Um, and we're not saying the other way is wrong. No, I'm not saying the other way is wrong. And I'm it just doesn't saying, serve the way that it, you want it to I'm most of the time. I was absolutely right. No, in saying that, but this is, this is the way what my philosophy was. Sure. And maybe it works for you. Maybe it does. You know, what's interesting is I have, I have, um, like we're talking about the, the good and the clear stuff, but there, there are plenty of things that you didn't handle correct or appropriately or servingly. If that's the right word. There's plenty of things, right? Oh, yeah. There's plenty of traumas that I have because you oh, yeah. had overreactions to little things. I screwed stuff up. You know, what's interesting is the big stuff is when you were the calmest, the little, <laughs> shit, the little stuff. It's like when you'd flip your lid. And it's funny because everybody I talked to, I'm like, yeah, my dad was a, my dad was a really awesome guy, but there was a no, there was no warning from like zero to a hundred. And like Meredith, um, even Aunt Patty, Nick, the people were like, your, your dad is, has had anger management issues. I'm like, yeah, real bad. And you're like, I can't see that. you you don't know well i got it under control yeah yeah but but we all have our demons and the reason i'm pointing that out is because despite that there you you still built and this answers my question from like 30 minutes ago you still built this conditioning and patterning and foundation in me to be able to trust you to speak and talk however I need to, to communicate how I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing. And then I learn from that because then you're not jumping down my throat. You're asking me another question, just like the beginning of this when we started and you had this mindset of curiosity. Correct. Right. So that's, that's, um, that's, that's where we're going with this is you, you have to develop a mindset of, of abundance, of curiosity, of understanding, of reciprocal help to other people in order to be more successful. I think people think that you've got to just do all these other things like learn this, read that book, go to this course, go to this seminar, but that's not it. It's those little things that built the solid and sustainable and consistent foundation for you to still be like that today and to teach me about it. Correct. That is the little things. Right. And I think you're doing a fantastic job parenting. Oh, thank uh, you. Uh, with Ellis. Yeah. And, and even Price. Yeah. And I think that's because he's just a happy little kid anyway. Oh, I love that. Ellis was Ellis was like me, resting bitch face all the time. <laughs> Bitchy resting face. Right. Bryce, he's just right. a smile all the time. He's just a happy yeah. kid. And there's nothing wrong with that. Ellis is a very happy kid. She just didn't smile as much as Bryce does. Yeah. Yeah. She got drama. Yeah. She's all right. Though. Yeah. She's my she's my daughter. That's the that's probably why she has some drama. Probably. And remember, she's testing. It's like a sonar. She's sending out the signal and seeing how, how much bounces back. Oh, yeah. She's testing all the time. All the time. You know? So. Well, they say uh, when they're young, it's, it's all physical. And when they get older, man, it's mental and they just. Right. They're just bouncing everything off you. And you know. And it, it gets to the point where it's like there's so much bouncing off you, you can't catch it all. Right. And you, but, but, but then, again, you're setting the foundation when the kids are little. I'm setting the foundation that. 
She can bring me stuff. She can talk to me. I'm not going to flip. I'm not going to flip out. And then Meredith and I are also aligned. That's one thing that I don't think you and mom did as servingly as you could have. Now, Meredith and I are very aligned. I made sure of that because that was difficult for me to be able to talk to one and not, and, and, and then be not fearful, but have trepidation to, to saying to mom, I want to tell you everything that's going on because she wouldn't react the same as you. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. Just that's what happened. That's a different way of parenting. And I, right. think, and I think, again, it goes back to how were, how was she parented? Uh, yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. That's, we'll get her on, get her on the couch and, and she'll talk about it. This is not, this is a men's, men on purpose podcast show. My guests are only men. <laughs> oh, you better better race that one. No, no, we can't. We can't. She 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 won't be able to be on. We'll have a one when I start a women's show. She can be okay, on, that. Have yeah. Her on that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's only for men. Guess why? So the listeners actually more women listen to this than men. More women listen to it, right? Yeah, because you know, I'm learning a lot of things. They're, they're picking up stuff from us. Sure. So all right, let's wrap up here. This is this is this has been a very. I think it's probably our best episode yet. I think so. Powerful. But we're also learning how to do this together, which is yeah. interesting. So look, as we always promise, there's, there's the five things that I'm, always, um, that I'm always promising every time on these podcasts, whether it's with the guests, the guests' information, myself as a leader, as a, as a podcast host, as a business owner, as a parent, is elevate, educate, empower, enrich, and, involve, and evolve everything that we're doing constantly. It's an evolution. You have to. So we're empowering you and enriching you and educating you by the guests we bring on and the information that we give. And like I said, whether you're at level one and you want to go to two or you're at level 50 and you want to go to a hundred, that's our commitment. That's our mission. We want to take care of that. So I want to uh, obviously thank you for being here today. And we're in a new studio. You guys who haven't seen this on YouTube, check it out on YouTube. We're in my new, my new uh, fancy studio with my acoustic tiles up and all kinds of cool stuff. Nice. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, again, if you want more information on what we're doing in our, uh, in our various businesses, you want more information on my dad, go to mentalpurposepodcast.com or you can check out ianlobos.com and, uh, go to forward slash apply. If you want to reach out to me, that's how you can get some time on the phone with me. If you have questions or you want to dig into stuff, um, I encourage you to do that. A lot of people do that and I love it. I've got a bunch of slots that we just have on the calendar open up every week. They usually get filled. So remember. Meredith says it every time, people on purpose take action. So take action, go to ianlobos.com forward slash apply. Jump on a 15, 20 minute phone call with us and just, you know, get some insight to maybe something that you don't know. Remember, we're, I'm a blind spot detector. I can, see, I can see the stuff that you might not see in your own life. So uh, mentalpurposepodcast.com will get you the show notes, everything about my dad, everything that, that he's doing and, um, and you're on every month. So we'll get you another episode pretty quick. This is a long one. This well, was, uh, and I want to thank you for inviting me. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. This, I think this is very valuable for the audience, and I think people, I think people, I mean, I already know that I get a lot of feedback from these episodes, so especially the ones with you and the ones with Meredith. We get a lot of feedback. That it helps a lot of people gain clarity on some questions that they had about, especially father-son relationships or parent-kid relationships as adult kids. I get, I get a lot of that. Sure. You know, because they'll say, they'll say like, how old are you? I'll say, well, 37. They'll say, wow, and you have this relationship with your parents? And, it, you know, you're not ever not your parents' kid. It, it doesn't work. No. Just because you're an adult doesn't mean you're not their kid. It just means you're Always older. your kid. Right. Where you, you never are not your kid. Right, right, right. 
So, all right, peeps, appreciate you. Grateful for you. Love you. Thank you so much for, for downloading and rating and reviewing the podcast. If you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast, hit iTunes, Mental Purpose Podcast. Drop us a five-star review. We love it. We've got some Mental Purpose gear coming soon. Merchandise, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, things like that. Um, I'm going to run some contests in the new year. Send me your five-star review. I send you cool stuff. Yeah, I just want to. I think awesome. it'd be cool. Yeah. Keep coming back. That's right. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks again for listening to the Men on Purpose podcast, where our mission is to educate, elevate, and activate every man to truly live their best, most fulfilling life possible. To find out more about the podcast, our guests, or becoming a man on purpose, visit menonpurposepodcast.com and choose your most purposeful path forward.